Hello there and a very warm welcome to episode 60 of the Frantic Football podcast on World Football Index. I'm Neil Sharath and once again I'm delighted to say that I have been joined by Ben Griffiths. How are you Ben? I'm good. I actually have a riddle for you Neil to start this off. Oh, interesting. Let's go. What what do you get when you cross a superhero with uh-huh. a footballer? A superhero with a footballer. I mean Lionel Messi? Oliver Ant-Man. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> oh, oh, this is a podcast crossover. Yes, of course. Uh, that uh, yeah, and Hulk. To be fair, yeah. And, oh yeah, that's a good point. So Hulk too. Yeah, Oliver. I mean, he scored uh, he the winner against Kazakhstan uh, yep. yesterday. So I just had to fair had to enough, see if you get that. Yeah. But yeah, Lionel Messi would be, I think, the most realistic answer. That's yeah. Not I mean, he did it again one. last week. Uh, what last night? Uh, Last night, yeah, another free kick that the goalie didn't move because he's... <laughs> There's no point. <laughs> but even the whole game, like, he's still running the show, which is crazy. But, well, I guess... I wish like... I could... I'm going to... I already make noises when I get off the couch and I'm not even 30. <laughs> so he's like 36 and still doing this. So he's... It's, it's something else. Yeah. I'm more Wayne Rooney-like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done by 30. <laughs> Uh, I'll but, watch out I'll be back at Everton soon. <laughs> yeah, well, in a coaching role, let's see. Um <laughs> uh, but anyway, today we have something a little different. Um we're not going to be talking so much about the action that has happened over the last week. Of course, we're in the international break, so there's still a fair fair few things going on. We've got um Afghan qualifiers ending, so some big matches there. A midway stage of uh, the Euro qualifiers, uh, World Cup qualification already on in Conmebol, CONCACAF Nations League with yet another new format, which I've completely lost track of, and also the UEFA Women's Champions League qualifiers, as well as a number of domestic leagues re- starting for the new season. Um, so it, it's still pretty busy. But instead of all that, today we will be tackling an interesting topic, which I think is particularly relevant to this podcast, where... We cover so many different leagues from all sorts of places in the world and all sorts of teams, all sorts of clubs, all sorts of players. And of course, ultimately, at the end of the day, we're still covering the same sport. We're still talking about football. And given especially how I think mainly the transfer windows um, or, or the transfer market rather works these days where you, you see players going from all sorts of places to all sorts of places. Right? You have Brazilians playing in the K-League. You have South Koreans playing in Scotland. It's it, it, you, you get really any player can go anywhere almost. So at 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 such a stage, it becomes really important to sort of understand um, maybe a hierarchy of league quality in terms of which are the best leagues, but also below them, which leagues are at which level. Because I mean, it's pretty obvious to everyone, I guess, that the English Premier League is the best league in the world in terms of pure quality, and I don't think anyone could argue that. But below, it's 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 very hazy. Like how how can you compare the Norwegian elite Serien to the J one league in Japan? Because you will never have teams playing each other there. At best, you may have one or two players moving, but there's a lot of different factors and a lot of different contexts that affect how they perform. So it's it's a very interesting question, and I think I mean Ben is obviously the perfect guy to talk about this because. I mean, he watches football in all sorts of places, um, and he has also he's been working on some models to sort of um, sort of rank leagues or at least um, divide leagues into tiers on the basis of quality. But before we get into those, I think firstly it's important to tackle the the current norm of league rankings, if I can say that, which is coefficients because they're used. I mean, in in you know, by all the sort of governing bodies and confederations, and also like in the mainstream, they are the most commonly cited ones. Like for example, right now it's a big deal that uh, the Liga may fall out of the top five UEFA leagues in terms of coefficients, right? But I think I mean Ben and I certainly agree, and I think most people who take a sort of who look at this holistically will understand that coefficients are a pretty bad way. To rank leagues, so I guess let's start by talking about um, coefficients. So Ben, I mean, what's wrong with coefficients? What's wrong with them? Um, like for the coefficients, especially like the UEFA ones that that you'll see for like you just said, which which in the top five leagues or whatever. How do you dole out the Champions League, Europa League, Conference League places? The problem with that is that you're only looking 
it basically the top four, if not the top maximum of five teams in any league, which for a league that has, if you were to theoretically get a league that has 10 teams into the top, you know, four leagues, you, you would get, you know, seven, you'd get almost their entire league into um yeah like if the qualification Swiss, places yeah. so yeah so theoretically like a, yeah. a, a league like uh switzerland yeah scotland even yeah. um latvia if you bring them up into those top four you get seven teams qualifying you would get a good estimate of like how how good are these leagues they'd immediately fall right back down yeah i don't know i don't know how they would have gotten up there we would have had to stop playing football <laughs> i think that the premier league as we're seeing from the saudi you know transfer sagas i think all the old boys from the Premier League and La Liga would be like, why are they in the top four now? But you're taking just the best, usually four to six teams. And then obviously the top four team, top four leagues, it's top seven for sure. That's not what we should be doing. We need to be looking at the whole league. You need to look at the top teams, the middle teams, the bottom teams to actually rank how good the leagues are. Because in Scotland, if you go to their coefficients, this is one of my favorite things to look at. They are right now the 10th, maybe ninth best league in Europe right now. According to UEFA coefficients. According to the UEFA coefficients. Who gets those points? Who gets those coefficient points? Celtic, Celtic and Rangers. Rangers. Maybe and sometimes Hearts, Hibs. Sometimes Hearts, Hibs, or Aberdeen will get a couple yeah. good, usually Hearts, I guess, will get a couple good, uh, even draws maybe, that then they're able to win in a couple mm-hmm. games. And they might make it to the groups of something, but overall they're, they're not really the ones getting the points. It is so skewed towards two teams. Now, granted, two of 12, but it's literally just two teams. Right behind them, Austria, Switzerland, Denmark. With the Danish Superliga, is that a worse league than Scottish Premiership? I mean... I really don't think so. Nope. Not really. When you look at it, I think subjectively and objectively, it's a worse league. Are Celtic and Rangers better than... Or definitely... Any Danish team. Typically... Yeah. Celtic Rangers is going to be way better than right now. You're going to have Dortmund or Copenhagen. Yeah. Those are the top two. But then right behind them, who do you have? Viborg, you have Michelin, you have Agaf. I mean, much, much better than everyone, right? Yeah, they're doing, they're better than Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen. Easily. So, and and then at the bottom of the table, all were last season got relegated. I would say they were probably better than Ross County, who didn't get relegated from. I mean, I like if you put Abe in in the Premiership, they could easily get a top half finish. So, Abe, Obe, Ronders, both of them. Sokoborg. Yeah. I mean, we we could literally go on and on. Of the 12 teams in Denmark, I would say all 12 of them would finish behind Celtic and Rangers, but all 12 of them could theoretically finish either realistically or yeah they would all finish top half and so that's the problem is that scotland is right now ranked 10th for for this season's uh champions league or uefa league stuff they're ranked 10th whereas denmark is ranked 14th yeah so it really is complex in i would say wrong because of what we're looking at is just the very top samples now granted for qualifying to europe that's what we need to look at we need to look at how do the best teams do because you well, they're the not trying to rank. To get to yeah. Yep. They're not trying it's, to rank exactly. the middle and the bad teams. That's what people don't, I think that they don't necessarily yeah, like that's fully the comprehend. The, issue, is I think. the point of the UEFA coefficient rankings, and this works for Asia, Africa, CONCACAF, Combo, is it's trying to see how do we allocate these very top spots because who is going to go first? We need to, and it is good, we need to reward these uh, leagues that their teams consistently do well so france and netherlands while Ligue 1 is better than eredivisie the eredivisie teams have been doing better than Ligue 1 teams in europe recently over the course of five years yeah and that's a fact because we have those coefficient points so it is also a fact that they should probably be rewarded for that right so that's why they could move up into the top five by coefficient but then the question is are they top five in that you know, semantic term league. of yeah. the top five leagues. Yeah. Which is where I think debate can happen. But I think if you went team for team, Ligon should probably still be above. Even if you take out PSG, I think that obviously, I mean, Ajax, Feyenoord, AZ, PSV, they're all very good. 
But even if they're at but so the I like Marseille, Marseille nice. Nice, even if they're at that level, yeah. are the lower teams in mid table teams? Absolutely. I think in France they're better because the mid table teams in France are very close to Marseille, Nice, you know, Lawn, Ren. Yeah. So it's yeah. And I think that's that's kind of that story, right? Of yeah, it's a disconnect of the coefficients of what they're trying to do versus what we True. should also be trying to do, which is rank quality of leagues which as you touched on it's very difficult because you don't i mean it's even very rare to have uh, scottish teams aren't really going to be playing consistently any team from any other uh place in the world outside of europe and they aren't yeah. consistently going to be playing most other leagues and yeah, yeah. they're only going to be playing who does got uh celtic and rangers typically play well <laughs> rangers play psv every year now <laughs> so we have a really good ranking of is air divisi better than premiership the answer is yes yeah, that, the answer is yeah. yes. Because two years in a row, I think that it was draws last last year. I think maybe Rangers barely won one of them, but this season they got yes yeah, pumped. So, so yeah. barely winning and then getting wrecked this season. You know, maybe people could say I don't know, but if you look at the performances, it... overall, then yeah, and of of course that's obviously a simplistic example. But again, um, that's that also doesn't tell you everything because ultimately you're just comparing one team versus one team uh, within these leagues. Um, and, and there's only so much you can learn about the league as a whole when just one-on-one uh, teams face off one-on-one. But I think the uh, the basic point you make about coefficients is absolutely spot on. It's two things. One, like their, sort of their job is to decide who gets the continental spots. And in that sense, it's it's a different debate, but I do think it's about as good a method I can think of, honestly, um, as as you can imagine. But uh, as far as league quality goes, coefficients are not meant to tell you about league quality, but people interpret them as if they do that. So that that's that's where that issue stems. Um, but then, of course, yeah. the question for us becomes: when we're talking about league quality now, what alternatives do we have? So I think maybe let's quickly touch on this as well. Um, I remember you'd done some stuff using um, Opta's team. Well, is it power power rankings or Opta's power rankings, basically, yeah. yeah, Opta's basically team ratings model, where which is very comprehensive, by the way. They have what thousands is it um, yeah. of of team rankings from all over the world. I think almost every uh, country is covered at least in terms of a top flight league. Um and on a scale of basically zero to hundred, I mean no one's zero, but the best team is generally hundred. Um, the the teams are given a power ranking, and so you can, I mean, sup- supposedly or ideally, you can use it to compare teams who will never come across each other. Like you can compare El Hilal with Midgeland using these rankings, even though those two teams are like almost never gonna face each other. Now, the question about this, I mean, I think both of us have our reservations with regard to this sort of league ranking as well. But let's quickly first talk about how you took this team rating model and converted it into a league rating model. It's simple enough, but quickly, maybe just explain that. Yeah, so basically, in in quickly on what the Opta Power Rankings are, it's essentially ELO. If people have heard ELO and like chess is the big one. In chess, I think it's really good, useful, and, and, and very rigorous, whereas with um, compartmentalized... I think uh, the main point with regard to chess is that it's always one-on-ones, and there's yes. no there's no leagues, so to speak. Like, every player yep. plays for themselves. Well, even on a team thing, so the, 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 league, the, the league rings are built off of the team rankings from Opta yeah. team rankings, and yeah, so there are one-on-one performances, and you still get, I think, in uh, like anyone that uses ELO for any sort of sport, it's one-on-one, whether that's individuals or teams. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, like tennis pairs, you'd have to rank the pairings. You couldn't then make an ELO off of, you know, doubles and then proxy it for individuals. But it's an ELO model that tries to, based on the, the initial score of like one team and the initial score of the other team, uh, the difference between them, and then it looks at who won, it looks at the goal difference, um, also looks at like i believe it looks at who the home team mark is every other elo model in uh football that i've seen looks at who the home team is and you get because there's a home team advantage there are countless um academics that have proven that um and it looks 
obviously all the information. And then once you know who won by, by what margin, or if it was a draw, then there's a point share. And so one team is going to gain some points. One team is going to lose some points. And that is uh, a net zero. So if I lose 10, you're going to gain 10, Neil, if you beat me. Um, so that's kind of how it works. So you have, as of this moment, you have city are, are number one. So their rating is a hundred. It's all normalized to the team on top 100. So then right below them are Liverpool, 94.8, uh, Bayern, 94.7, Arsenal, 93.6. This is as of right now. It's as of September 8th, it says. Um, and so I've taken this. This is now probably two months ago that I took this data. And you uh, you can average out all of the uh, teams in one specific league to create like an average league rating, an average league ELO, if you want to call it, or power power ranking, I guess is the best term since yeah. it's Optus power rankings. Um, but again, this is a little bit a little bit old, but I have all the teams I've done median and mean because you like to look at that, or you should look at that, and I like to then look at that to see what the difference is because that gives us some information. Are there stragglers in the league overall, or are there maybe like in the uh, like we talk about Celtic Rangers, are there teams that are way above the rest? Um, but so, for example, the top uh, four, and let's just do the top five. Number one is the Premier League median of 86.35 then it's uh bundesliga which surprises a lot of people that the bundesliga is number two at 85.25 so pretty close to the premier league then Serie a is number three which i think might also surprise people 83.95 and then you have la liga at 82.8 and then ligon at 80.75 so you kind of have the top two which are you know england and germany then you have the next two which would be italy and spain then you have france which i think we'd all agree obviously is going to be the straggler of the top five, but that's kind of how it works right, right behind them. This is where I'll touch on my reservations with the model. Number six. Can you guess what number six in terms of the median is? I mean, unfortunately I, you have it pulled up. Yeah. So, So, but I think for our listeners, let's give our um, listeners a minute. Yes. I think you probably imagine in terms of, you know, what we generally think you probably imagine it's either the Eredivisie, Maybe the Portuguese uh, Primera Liga, which was there and thereabouts. Maybe even the Belgian Pro League. Yeah, maybe, maybe Japan. Yeah. But instead... Switzerland. Yeah. It's the Swiss Super League is uh, actually... it's So it's 78.1 by... And this is, again, this is um pretty much the end, just after the end of uh, last, last European season. season. Yeah. So it's about June or something like that. Do you, do you, do you agree with that? This well, is how we can get kind of into that. Yeah, well, discussion on how to rank leagues, I suppose. Yeah, I think this ultimately boils boils down to how do you rank a league. But if I think about the Swiss Super League, I mean, if you ask me which league do you think is better, the Swiss Super League or the Belgian Pro League, then I would definitely say the Belgian Pro League, which is next. Um, in, yep, in our exactly, rankings. and that's actually the same distance, pretty much the same dif- distance from Ligue 1 to Switzerland. Yep. The Swiss Super League is the same distance from the Swi- Swiss Super League, that's hard to say apparently, to the Belgian Pro League. Do you think that in that, again, that, I'll touch on the I reservations, but do you think everyone that? will agree that that distance is definitely something worth looking into further because yep. I don't think anyone, even the most ardent Swiss Super League fan will say that the gap between them and France is the same gap they have over Belgium. Yep. So I think this is where we can definitely get into our reservations. Yep. And and that's kind of where one of the things I've noticed with this model, it's really good, especially for the top leagues, because at the end of the day, those are the top leagues. And I think that they are the ones that also go the furthest in the continental competitions, all three of them now. And the ones that they, so because of that, then they play each other the most. Once you get literally just below those four leagues, and I guess those five leagues, sometimes France doesn't really have that many teams outside of PSG in the knockouts. So I would say, one, especially once you get below England, Germany, Italy, and Spain, I start getting reservations on, is this good? Because it's pretty much a, si- a closed silo more more or less a closed silo of just those leagues so you're you're really needing to know is like the top team middle like a couple middle teams the bottom teams are these scores correct and feel then the teams around them a lot of times you might go okay i could see that but it gets very fuzzy is what i've noticed that the differences between the points of teams in almost every league that's in this massive group of decent i'll just talk about europe 
decent European leagues, everyone, Switzerland, Belgium, Denmark, Netherlands. Um, oddly enough, Cyprus is in here. I yeah. don't know <laughs> if I'd put that, but Cyprus is in there. Uh, Greece, Turkey, the Nordics, all of them. The, the, the difference in points of almost all the teams are so minuscule. And I think it's because they they have a pretty standardized point system to begin with, and then they don't play each other. Yeah, and I think and, an, another point to quickly add here um, is that, I mean, first of all, I think we should say that this is not really a criticism of Opta, because I think they have done... Not at all. It's the very best good model out yeah, there exactly. that you can find. I, I guarantee it. You'll find some issues with it. I guarantee that as well. But, but if you're yeah. just wanting a quick thing... Even this is because it, has, it covers the most leagues out of anything else public. Club ELO, I think, is better for the top European teams. Yeah. I highly recommend not using that if you want to see anything <laughs> about other leagues besides just the top, because they only cover the, a few leagues besides the top, like seven leagues, you know, uh, top five plus Netherlands and Portugal. Yeah. They only cover a few leagues in full outside of that. And they only then cover a couple teams maximum from other leagues. Other leagues, yeah. Whereas Opta covers. Basically, everything they league. cover all of Australia national Premier leagues. Yeah, exactly. That's, so if yeah, you want to look insane. out, you know, uh, and and the, the 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 spirit and the New South Wales, you can pull them up and see how they compare to Alcohol. <laughs> they get yeah. trounced, but yeah, you can still pull that up. So yeah. it, it is pretty good, even if there's some problems. Yeah, yeah, it's not and I think this problem it's a problem of this, the the mathematics behind how you create ELOs in an effectively completely siloed environment. Yeah, and on that point as well, we also have to remember that. When we look at cross-league matchups, um, again, this is similar to the problem of coefficients where it's only the best teams who are coming up against each other. So, um, for example, let's say we've the Netherlands versus Denmark, right? So, in like it, generally speaking, the best Dutch teams are better than the best Danish teams, as we said, um, because of our... Uh, uh, I mean, because of how how the league structure is, partly because the Danish league is also smaller um, and, and all of that. But so generally you'd see that the Eredivisie teams will get the better of the Superliga uh, teams when they face each other. And of course that plays into the ELO model. But then you 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 take those sort of ELO adjustments and you go to your leagues where when, when Ajax beat... You know, Erkese Valwijk, it's not a big deal for them because, I mean, they are much better than them. So, you know, as Ben explained, they don't get the same amount of points difference. But when, let's say, Viborg plays Silkeborg, those are two very similar teams. So, Viborg are going to get more points in their by winning matches in their domestic league as compared to Ajax, when even though I think everyone will agree that Ajax are a better team than. Uh, Viborg by far and so uh, when we look at our um, mean, mean rankings in uh, in our spreadsheet uh, we see that Denmark and the Netherlands are I mean basically the same but when we sorry when we look at median uh, my sorry but when we look at the mean we see that the Netherlands is pretty clearly better than uh, Denmark because their best teams are skewing it to, you know upwards and, and therefore pulling the league mean up. So I think it's also important to remember that we're not getting when within the cross league comparisons in in this model, we're only getting the best teams being compared really, and then the effects of that are going down to the league as a whole. But we're not getting like an a Fortuna Sittard against a, a Horsens. So we've that would be fun though, be, but we're that that not getting brilliant. That. But we're never gonna get it. So um, it's yeah. it's it's another sort of. I guess a, a a drawback or a downside of this yeah. model. For example, when you pull out the 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 basically the difference between the mean and the median. Uh, so Scotland is their um, mean is two point three one above their median, which is pretty high. That ranks as the number yeah, uh, fourteen out did... of I think three hundred and twenty leagues that I have in this spreadsheet that I sent you. Uh, but then for the Netherlands, it's two point one nine, which is just below that, so it ranks as the seventeenth. So it's it's similar. I it's think not the, the same, but it is relatively similar because those top three teams are usually yeah. so clear. It's a which one of these three is going to win the title, and are yeah. Azed able to potentially get second? Yeah, I, I, I think. <laughs> and um, then if COVID hits, can they potentially yeah. get back first? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, that was the same. But I think um, a great example of this, maybe slightly niche one, but 
uh, on a much smaller scale i think it, it demonstrates this very well is that the number one team uh, sorry the number one league for mean minus median is have you pulled this up or do you want to guess and you probably know this i just pulled this up yeah oh yeah okay then uh, yeah it's it's more number one is in the highest yeah yeah the biggest yeah. gap between mean yeah. and medium that's moldova right and i think we can understand that because it's a eight team league and that's well, that's the Sheriff. second tier moldova oh right yeah that's oh, st- so use number two but yeah number two is still a good one that. yeah then we have uh, yeah my bad we have uh, serbia to serbian super league um where it's it's again a pretty big difference between the mean and the median and we can at in i mean today we can almost mostly attribute the blame to one team but even looking back to the last five years you can say like red star and partisan are the two teams skewing that league way upwards right and and so when when you look at the overall league quality uh, which is what 12 teams or wait is it 16 teams uh i think 16 they actually have a lot yeah yeah yeah. so it's it's again tough to say which way we go because those two are really good i mean they're very good uh and and especially Kirvan as well at the moment um yeah and that's who's bringing this that's why it's the score is the so much is, higher yeah. than the mean because they're so just today this is obviously a couple yeah a couple months we've got more information now but it's 82 of a rating for you know Spanish Vesta versus 75.6 of Partizan yeah which is and then 73.2 for number three TSC Who so it really is that's one of the highest gaps that you'll see between the top team and the second team second it really team. is madness That's massive uh, except i guess yeah. manchester city and whoever uh, but yeah uh, yeah yeah and, I, th- and, I think it's it's similar to that which which i think is correct because yeah it's 100 versus 94.8 so yeah it's it's something like that yeah uh, is, isn't it somewhat similar like because there's so much clear you have to have them do poorly for right now liverpool oddly enough which yeah i think that's another do we agree? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also a big question about what sort of time frames you're looking at. It is. For these it's, rankings. It's, it's a lagging one because it has a long time frame. Exactly. You saw for the longest time Arsenal last season should have been number two in their rankings by a long shot, if not one, number one at times. But it was all, it was taking it was barely in top 10, so. much longer of a horizon exactly. than what the current. And that's the thing is that an ELO ranking is always going to be, you have to have a little bit of a time frame. Yeah. And so it it can't be today is in like, I, th- I think play- a great example of that is the saudi pro league right um yeah, because I don't, I don't know what's well let's find the highest even even today uh, not in a spreadsheet because that's a couple months old but even today let's try to find the highest um pro league team i'm i'm assuming it'll probably be el hilal somewhere um but uh, or el etihad yeah. are yeah so i just pulled it up yeah uh, so al halal are are 81.7 so you oh, say they're 97th in uh no sorry yeah i missed them yeah they're 85th. Oh, 85th yeah so and they're below they're between monza and rakov Chasakhova right now right now what this model doesn't take into account for for the present day is for example player transfers so el hilal last season or i think the best example of this probably would be el ahli um who yeah. i guess i'm yeah. not anywhere near the top 200 right now but um let, let's try and see so so they now they have massively changed their score yeah they're 607th in the world right now okay now i don't think i mean i definitely that's think patently false as of yeah that's patently false, false. I guarantee it um yeah because they are they are honestly they are they're as the best good teams. as al-jihad they're as good yeah. as al-halal probably better than al-nasir with because of al-nasir on yeah, paper they should be better than they are yeah yes so, but so yeah it's yeah so this can't take into account transfers and the effect of these transfers is going to take maybe the whole season or maybe even seasons to reflect in this model uh, because of just how drastic the change was from a second tier team to a top four top flight team in a league that is also getting better um so i think i think i think we've mostly covered up our most of our main reservations with i mean we focus on the opta model but the, but it's ELO models yeah, in general. ELO models, yeah, the or any sort of match-based data-driven models, you will have these sort of problems. But I think the question still stands: um, how the hell do you rank leagues? So let's get into that now. And so I think, and I think Ben agrees as well, is ultimately the answer we've come to is the good old eye test. So if you want to rank all the leagues, simply watch all the leagues. And yeah. if, you, if you have the time that Ben and I do, then you can actually do it. 
So, I mean, obviously we haven't watched every single league in the world, but I'd like to think we've watched a fair few leagues um, in our time. And having gone through all sorts of models, from coefficients to ELOs of all sorts, we've ultimately found that the best way to rank leagues is to simply watch them and then decide how good they are. So, I mean, it, it sounds simple, but again, there are various caveats to consider, various factors to consider. So I think before we get into what we deem our sort of global league rankings at a very basic level, um, let's first talk about this this method. So how, Ben, can you go about ranking leagues by watching them? Yeah, I think a big one is literally the more the more football you watch in this, I will caveat that with outside of the Premier League and outside of Premier League five Bundesliga, leagues. outside of the top five leagues, outside of the top seven, outside yeah. of outside Belgium, of the leagues you're Denmark, familiar with, I would say. Yeah, outside of the best leagues, which the best leagues we need to expand to more than just four or five. You do need to expand to honestly probably ten. So you need to go and watch a lot. You watch the MLS, watch Brazil Lau, watch K League One, watch J One. Watch Egyptian Premier League. I like Latvian League. Watch the Latvian League. You need to watch a ton of leagues. Whether you don't need to watch a full season every single game, no one has time for that. That's just an objective fact. There is not, there is mathematically not enough time in the week to watch every game of like 20, 30 leagues, right? So watch a little bit and, and you can do highlights, you can do I would obviously recommend full matches, whether it's live replay from this season, last season, you know, whatever, just watch enough to kind of understand how it's football played differently in different places. And then look at, for me, a big thing is on a, on a, the t- there's the team level and then there's the player level. So the Absolutely. team level, look at the tactics. Um, and I'm not saying what formation are they playing? You don't, that doesn't matter in the slightest bit. Look at the overall text, which is going to be a lot on style of the league. So some leagues are much more like Bundesliga is very transition heavy. Uh, uh, MLS is MLS, also yeah. it's very similar. So MLS and Bundesliga, why do players go from the US to Germany and perform and so well them. beyond just the the cultures being very similar? It's it's that the league style is is and I th- almost I think the same. We touched on this like last week when we t- spoke about St. Louis City. And the, yeah, the, the they are they're doing so well is because they've literally taken a Bundesliga team, yeah. plumped them yeah. in, in St. Louis, and now they're gonna compete in the playoffs. So yep. yeah, that's a great point. It's in it, in so that's some information that, that you should subjectively just be watching leagues, but also you can objectively. I've created like style things. I have like a Python package that you can look up like league styles, which you can use some data points to then back up. But when you watch the MLS and you watch the Bundesliga, they're very similar. Also, when you watch any of the Japanese leagues. They are pretty similar. J1 in particular is pretty similar to Bundesliga. Not on level, but in style. There's a lot of differences, but there's also a lot of similarities. More similarities, I would argue, than the Premier League and Bundesliga. Not on the league level, but on the style. style. So there's kind of the the overall, how are they doing? And then the tactics. Um, what are they doing to solve problems? What problems are arising? Are those problems arising because the players or teams aren't good enough? Or are those problems arising like for the team of possession? Um because the opponent team is defending really well and defending against the strengths of that attacking team, the team in possession. Flip that a little bit. The defending team, are they defending well because it, the attacking team is not doing well? Or are they defending well because they are proactively in a low block? Yes, whatever, who cares? If they're proactively in a low block because they know that those that attacking team cannot break that low block down, look at the next game. Are they in a mid block maybe? Because they've understood that that team is better if you press potentially. So how do how do the tactics work? Are the coaches overall using? And I think you will also find, you know, as you alluded to, common tactical themes, common issues, common strengths in, in many leagues. I mean, often yeah. you will of course have outliers and stuff, but in many cases, like obviously MLS is the easiest example where like everyone has a problem where they can't defend their space in behind. Um, so so you, you will find many common themes in this way. So I don't know, maybe like if you look at, um, I mean, maybe Superliga in Denmark and you'll find that, at least personally from what I've seen, you'll find that the, the defensive blocks are often very narrow, especially in, in sort of the front players. So obviously not the back line, but the front players in Denmark are often much more narrow 
than you would see in other leagues on average and and so with this you can you can learn further things as well so maybe when when you when you realize that you'll realize that it's harder for midfielders maybe in possession in Denmark but maybe full point. fullbacks or wingers are getting more wingers space. yeah or so, abundant in super yeah, that's a great so, point so, and that's why you you get so many wingers coming out of the super league who are like sensational um because because of these reasons so it's yeah and i think on the point of how to assess a league as you say no one's going to be able to watch every single game of a league but i think what's important is to watch various types of games um, yeah don't just watch the top very, teams exactly so bottom. like don't don't so if you want to get to know like the serbian league don't just watch every game krvenas vesta and partizan play in because in each of those games the lesser team will often play in a certain way which is defensive uh and sort of with less possession mostly and all that but if you watch maybe like i don't know uh tsc versus novi pazar then you might learn more about those teams than you would learn so in thus the league yeah and yeah and thus the league so cuz those are pretty representative yeah so you you watch i mean i'm not saying don't watch the top teams cuz they also teach i mean they're also part of the league right so but watch all sorts of games watch the watch your relegation six pointer watch your title race match watch a useless mid table game where neither of them have anything tangible to play for you know watch a, a top team against a relegation battle watch a relegation battle against a mid table team and and if you watch these different types of matches um you will you will learn many things i feel so it's it's interesting and of course i think ultimately the biggest point to be made is that this is not a perfect model and a perfect model doesn't really exist i think so when when we look at this um and when we having watched these leagues will sit down and sort of rank um the leagues the biggest question is what do we think is good and everyone will have different views of what good football is everyone will have their preferences everyone will have their beliefs which will influence how they rank the leagues right so it's and ultimately i don't think there's any way to find which is the correct or wrong answer and and, and as ben rightly said you can use data points to understand leagues better i think this is true in in, in the case of any sort of usage of data in football like even if you take a look at like player scouting you know we bang on about contextualizing data and you know sort of understanding what you're talking about so similarly with these leagues like league styles when you talk about so you can use these data points to sort of see that you know is this a more transitional league more possession sort of slow possession based league um and, and you can use that to influence your understanding of the league but ultimately your understanding is only going to be your understanding uh and people may disagree people may have different opinions um and there won't be any right or wrong because you know i might think that the best football is played in the segunda division in spain in in terms of like tactics but you know someone who likes like more transitional football will say the best football is played in the zweite bundesliga or something so uh it, it there's so, so then they may give more weightage to Zweite Bundesliga teams whereas I may give more weightage to Segunda Division teams and that may reflect in our rankings. So I think there's various caveats to consider with this as well. But I think ultimately in obviously individually I'd say this is the best way to rank leagues for yourself, but also I would say that in general assuming that the person who is ranking is a level-headed person who is not you know intensely skewed to like one sort of football and i mean that's fine as well but if you're trying to rank leagues all over the world then you do have to have an appreciation for different playing styles and different ways to play the game then i think this is still a better way to go about it than trying to use elo models or coefficients or whatever so, yeah. so it, go on the last thing i would add to is just from a, a, a individual level too it a big thing that i like to look at is first touches and all, no, I wouldn't say average length of pass so much as um I'm going to call it pumpage like do they just <laughs> pump the ball up and down the pitch like I hate to keep using Scot- Scotland as an example I do like <laughs> premiership if you're listening to this as a Scottish person I apologize but <laughs> it's the pumpage level is through the roof I mean it really is and it's similar in the MLS let me pick on my own league it is yeah. similar in the MLS it's not it's much better than it was even three four years ago but it's similar to when you watch Indonesia it's similar to watch Latvia 
have to be honest, the <laughs> whatever we call it, I don't know a better word for it. So I just do it, it is Advanced you're just analytics. <laughs> yeah. It's the 1895 style of let's just kick the ball as far as we can yeah. and just get it away, either get it away from our goal or I see our get striker and he is six, four Brexit <laughs> football type of stuff, even though it goes all over the world. It's just the, the first touch is a big thing for me. Um, first time passes. If, if you basically don't see first time passes in a league, jump jump the league level down a little bit because from a technical level a lot of times that can be very indicative that none of those players are very confident that they can actually make a first time pass i will caveat this with it could be the pitches are very poor yeah good um so but then a lot a lot of times if you have poor pitches that might be there's poor infrastructure in the league that means that there could you could drop them down a little bit because the players impact are, their development ultimately yeah. so and, and it's not something on the players that's just something on on the nation so yeah. uzbekistan yeah. is an example they have recently gotten a lot better pitches and a lot better infrastructure in the past five six years their u23 team has gotten really good their u20 team has gotten really good and their young players in the 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 first team gotten really good so then their teams have done better in the afccl and they have recognized that if we just get better infrastructure we'll get better players because you'll be able to Better create better players and develop better players and send them to Russia, send them to Turkey. Um, but yeah, a, a big thing too is just the small little technical things um, and player movement in possession is a big one. Are those players trying to make themselves available in the slightest bit? If if they are, I like to look at that as more of a, yep, they have had some training on either from their coach or just growing up grassroots on facilitating possession and off-ball movement. And then you can likely see that out of possession. You can likely see that going forward, that they're going to be a much more cohesive team because they're able to not just kick it long because there's going to be options for short and options for long. They might kick it long, but if there's also short options, J2 is a league I like to say this a bit about. You do see players, first time passes, um, really good technical ability, a good movement off the ball. Not every single player, obviously, but there's quite a number of players. And even though it's a second tier I think it's actually a very, very, very high quality second tier. And the difference between the top half of J2 and the bottom half of J1 is pretty minimal. Yeah. Especially the top teams in J2 and the bottom teams in J1. I would say it's basically the exact same quality. Part of that is because of that player level. You explained it to what we talked about earlier, that team level. I guess I digress, but a big thing too is find something, whether for you or what I just said, player indicators that you can use that can also be used in parallel with those team level indicators to to give you some insight yeah, into true. where should I place this league amongst other leagues. And also I really want to stress to Neil's point, and we'll get into this with with like some of my rankings, um German second tier and the Spanish second tier are vastly different tactical leagues. I have them in the same tier because if you because if you are like a recruitment person, they are the same level. I think they're different tactics. You're not going to go into Spain for a team if you want a player that's really good in transition yeah, box like a transi- to box, like a like, transition yeah, like a def- a, Exactly. Like but if you want a really down. strong defender that's going to be able to play with the ball and be very tactical in and out of possession, yeah, Germany does have those. But you might be better looking in Spain or something, yeah. or, or for a midfielder that's more of that, you know, controller. Um, exactly so, uh, the tempo setter yeah you go to spain you don't go to Germany. but if you want that midfielder who's going to be direct run who can defend who can attack who can do it all but he's going to do so at you know the the bundesliga the airsta bundesliga level yeah you go <laughs> and you watch the second yeah. bundesliga and find those players so that's kind of where you have they're the same level but their tactics are like so different yeah that- and i i think ultimately i think to maybe conclude on this point um you have to remember that you can't actually watch a league, right? You you can yes. watch teams, you can watch players. And then as you say, you 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 sort of take your observations, try to find themes, um, and you know, you know, sort of it's, it's like a third to... level third order contract exactly. if you think about yeah. it. It's the players are the first players, and then teams. the team might be second, but it could be first. But, but I think I think the key difference third, can't. the key difference between the player team relationship versus the team league relationship is the fact that the player team relationship is more sort of dictated or controlled in yeah. the sense that you know, the teams train together with the players. So, uh, of course, mind you, all of this should be caveated with the fact that whenever you're watching, do keep in mind the fact that some things may be tactical, some things may be instructed. 
um and and so some teams may play differently to the rest of the league um and, and and obviously you know all of that is different factors and there'll be outliers and all that but in general when we look at players to teams they have a closer relationship um because i mean they are a player plays for a team but a team doesn't play for a league a team plays in a league um yes. and and so it's tougher to take your team observations and take them to the league level versus your player observations to the team level so for example i may see like i don't know um like underlack swingers you know have lots of take ons so maybe that tells you something about underlack tactics which is that they use wide wingers and then they use them you isolate them and give them one we one situations but now if i see underlack has a lot of take ons and what does that mean for the belgian pro league does that mean that the pro league is a, a very sort of individualistic league where you have a lot of one we ones maybe maybe not i need to i need to watch more teams i need to understand more tactics um so that's a tougher relationship i think to assess um and of course the final point is why are we doing these rankings because i think uh, as as i alluded to at the start the main i mean the main use case is for recruitment and and for basically transfers and that right and in those cases more so than league quality what matters is the team context the player 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 service abilities so you, like I, I, you gave a great example like depends who you want will decide who, i mean i i'd even argue that so for example if you want like a a, a tempo controlling midfielder who we discussed right then i'd argue that you may be even better off going to a, a step down um oh. versus yeah. a worse like a stylistically more different league so like if you want a tempo controller and you look, looking in the zweite bundesliga i would say you're maybe better off looking in i don't know k league 1 for example um where if it, i mean obviously depends where where the, the style is also yeah where the style is more very methodical yeah exactly so even though i'd say the k league 1 is definitely uh, on pure quality basis probably a worse league than the zweite bundesliga if you want a specific type of player maybe it's still better to go to k league 1 so i think what i'm trying to say is that league rankings are not the be all end all they are merely a part of the recruitment process where there is a lot of other things that you also have to consider yeah. but i think in, in, of, that that is so important because at the end of the day you have to still understand if you're making these and i always recommend like making for yourself like you can anything that Neil and i say you're welcome to copy down and you know while you're listening that, that, and, and like, oh this is what these people say but then you do need to understand if you have like i i mentioned that the the second tier of germany and spain are both in the same tier for me um and i would recommend putting them in the same tier as as me but i would then recommend also watching a little bit on both or you could even just do some exploratory data to see if that's more of your your thing to look at the difference in teams because not just team quality but but how do teams play because there are teams that play much differently in both you have you have andorra in 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 montenegro <laughs> and then you have borgos so those for those who don't know andorra is like quintessential you know spanish possession team play like yeah positional level positional play versus Burgos. we're going to defend for 99.9% <laughs> of the time and if we don't score a goal that's a success because we definitely didn't see it so um yeah, yeah you you then need to know that so if you were recruiting and and I would also expand recruiting development player development if you're just watching players develop or if you're like looking at loans um you need to understand that just like in the premier league just like in in leon just like in in la liga there's so many different styles of teams that there's a league overall league style i think there's the league level but then within that there's different team levels so absolutely you, you do need to be conscious of that but the big the hardest thing to do really is is the league stuff cuz sometimes it can be not fun to watch some really poor leagues if you're like oh, i really want to know how good this certainly is you might be bored with their football that's fine you can be bored with it if you're watching it i i definitely respect that cuz it's it i think i always if you like the sport to try to do what we're doing you do need to sometimes bite the bullet and watch leagues yeah. you don't you don't yeah. like like for me the premier league no, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but we digress I, yeah i think uh, on that note i think maybe let's get into some of uh, our uh, let's a bit of league like ranking discussion and yeah. yeah i think 
I think yeah, it's better to go by tiers rather than first, second, third, fourth, fifth because that's more yeah. tougher. Um, so yeah, I think let's let's start probably at the top where I think uh, you know you've put um Premier League as a part of a four league tier one. I would even say it's on its own. Yeah, that's where I was difficult because the Premier League is is however much if you follow me on Twitter, you know that like I like to give the Premier League a lot of shit. <laughs> I do, and for very good reason. It's mainly on a culture really? side. It's yeah. not on the actual level side at the end of the day. It's it is by itself. That is I, I would say definitely. But the reason I put it there is that it, there's something sometimes I'm like, is it really like you you watch some things and you're like, there's just so much going on that like I think that financially it's on a different level. Tactically, nowadays with especially this season with who yeah. we've gotten from like Everyone. tactically it's on its own tier. So definitely this season, I, you know what saying that I would say that's tier zero is the Premier league. Yeah. I'm going to keep it in tier one for myself just because I don't want to have a single league tier. Yeah. If I watch a lot of leagues, because I just don't think that that there it's it, but this is so at the end of the day, we're trying to have a dynamic, almost continuous scale of stuff and chunk it out. It will keep so changing. Of course. It'll change. But let's say yeah. tier zero is Premier league. The yeah, rest of tier one, like, you know, we can discuss that. Yep, so then we've got Spain, Germany, Italy, of course, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, um, and yeah, I, I think Th- that would be my be little debate. Uh, yeah, order yeah. is, yeah, it's, it's I, I think, think order, it, not even something to let's really not focus on, probably, yeah, <laughs> because they're also different. They're all three different styles, exactly. and so if someone, if you want attacking, if you want an attacker, you go to the Bundesliga. Yeah. If you're in La Liga or Serie A, I say if you want an attacker, you go to the Bundesliga. Yeah. For but but then going to the Premier League, as we know, it can be a little bit iffy. As uh, fans of big clubs will let you know. But yeah, there's different <laughs> things that you get in different, absolutely different leagues, and yeah. that's what you need to know is that sometimes you'll find midfielders in one or or progressive midfielders more in one, like Germany, and more defensive tempo setting midfielders in another, like La Liga. So yeah, right. Yeah, if you want, you as you as a individually you're welcome to like rank them i know i have in my head i have what what do i think might be the objective levels of if we put a score on them but this is why i use tiers so i don't have to always you set my don't fight over everything one. yeah yeah uh, because there's sometimes when i get like a 15 league tier i'm like i, yeah, I know that there's could, a couple that are above the rest a couple below but yeah, yeah i don't like to grade internally yeah that's true but i think let's get into tier two because i think this is where it's going to start getting interesting so you've put down Liga, which definitely is there. The Eredivisie definitely is there. Primera Liga from Portugal, which I think is still there. And then you've put the Brasileirao, and you've snubbed my beloved Belgian Pro League. Um, yes. So This was a very hard decision for me, Neil. The reason is that when I look, when I watch the Pro League, and I think that if we continue this season to have the same level of production that the Pro League has had for the last three seasons maybe when honestly after Anderlecht started to fail a little bit and now club Bruges has started to fail a little bit. So there's been more space for Antwerp, more space for, for, for Union, more space Genk. for all the, yeah, Genk, Genk for all these teams. Now we have even top, what, what are the top teams? You have a top six, maybe. Oh, yeah. And depending on how Anderlecht do, which right now they're doing well, maybe a top seven. And then you bring in some other teams in too, and you could really have any of the mid table teams, be right at that not at the top but right at that playoff discussion if we continue that this season i i would want to move them i am biased this is where i i understand that i'm very biased towards the pro league so i think that i overcorrected yeah because yeah you can I go either way if yeah. someone said i want to group these with you know the league on and air Vizzi, premier league and brussels out i'd say yep do it and someone said i don't want to i'd say yep do it yeah, I don't. There's not a right or wrong answer, and this Absolutely. is potentially me, my bias, understanding my bias, and trying to overcorrect. Whereas you might be like, no, I disagree. And so, would you place when you look and league on is is in bet- it's like tier one and a half. Really, yeah, exactly. It's similar to the pro league, which is tier yeah. two and a half. But yeah, yeah. Um, and but when you look at the other three, Eredivisie, Premier, Eredivisie, Premier Liga, would you include Barcelona? Yeah, that's that's the tough one for me because that's the question. Definitely the. They're just it is such good technical, tactical, exciting players and teams. But it also is not in Europe. And that's this is the first league that we're actually coming to that's not in Europe. So you can't yeah, this perfectly is where the problem compare. Begin. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But would you place that? Because I personally do, especially watching it this season. I'm like, it's just so much better than I had thought. Because the first season I really sat down to like watch a lot. Because 
you can play into there. Oh, there's just a couple players. And even if there's the young players, the older players are still really good too. The teams yeah. are really good too. And I the think the main thing is, is the, the strength and depth of the league. Um, it's because the Brazil is insane. Because what you have teams like Santos in the relegation zone right now. Um, and, yeah. and, and it's not a shock season. Like it's just the league it, is every so, season. Yeah, there's exactly every Palmeiras might be, be up top, but but the but literally Flamengo, Fluminense, all of them, the these play, teams that you anyone would just know their names of can sometimes just randomly get relegated, can sometimes yeah. just randomly almost get relegated. Yeah. Santos, Sao Paulo, yeah, they can so I think definitely Grêmio, Botafogo are doing well. Grêmio, Cruzeiro, yeah, like literally, Bo- it's 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 so I think it's definitely, so competitive, and yeah, that's exactly. really I agree. That's kind of why it's that's why it's dear to pushed me. up, yeah, um, because it is it is that's nice. fun. So the only we really disagree on would be Belgium, and and I think we're agreeing it's tier two and a half. Yeah, but... so I think we haven't really got into a proper disagreement yet. Yeah, um, let's 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 go on then. Um, I think looking at your tier three leagues. I, I think I probably still agree. Uh, one thing I would... Ah, oh, there's a couple. Um, wait. You want to go through quickly? I have yeah, Belgian Pro League, Danish Superliga, J1, second Bundesliga, La Liga 2, the championship. And then Argentina, their, their top division. And then Turkish Super League, Russian Premier League, and then the MLS. I think... That's oh, kind of who I group. I, I, I agree with most of these. I'll, I'll come to my sort of questions later. But I think it's, we should probably address the championship because... Many people would argue that it's a tier two league. Um, FBF would certainly be among them because they group it with the Eredivisie and Primera Liga and a couple others. But I disagree with that uh, because I don't. I just don't think it's that level. Um, no, it's, I think I think for me it's, it's a simple case the... of like technical, simply technical ability. I just think technically, the championship is not as good as those leagues. That is a hundred percent why I have it in tier three. That that. that... The the technical ability and the tactics, the style of the league is obviously its own thing versus the level, but it does, it's a feedback loop yeah. and they play together. To me, the style, it is more on the, the pumpage level can sometimes <laughs> be very high, which is but why I think especially me, now, it's... personally, it's not as, that makes it, a, players understand they have a lot of limitations. Yeah, and I think it's, it's again, when you think about players, it's very good in certain aspects, like especially for youth player development in terms of you know preparing them for the physical level of senior football and maturing them. It's an amazing league, right? Because it's so so competitive. And and I think on the stylistic point as well. Now we're at a really weird flux stage where there's some teams, and I mean obviously in before it was as you say the high pumpage league, if I can call it that. But now it's, it's at a flux stage because you still have those pumpage teams. But you also have, obviously, the teams that drop from the Premier League, like your Southamptons and Leicesters and all of them who are trying to play all these three-box threes and insane possession-based stuff. And you also have your likes of Ipswiches who are coming up playing that way from League One. Um, so it's it's a very interesting one. But yeah, I, I think overall, on a technical level point of view, I would agree. But but let's let's get to a couple of question marks that I have. Um, the Russian Premier League. I think it's very difficult to assess it right now, especially yeah. because of, I mean, how it's basically its own thing at this point with almost zero outside contact for, I mean, obviously for because of their invasion. Um, and, you know, after that, they had a decent sort of outflux of players leaving. Uh, and I think that has, I mean, if, if you came to me with this, you know, last year, or, well, yeah, definitely like three been, years ago, it'd be yeah, like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah definitely like no, no discussion. But now I would maybe uh, drop them down a tier. But I yeah. think it's it's more like I'm not sure how good they are actually. It's kind of that three and a half. And I agree with yeah. that 100%. The reason I still have them there is is more of like a, a, a time lag that overall I still see. I can't watch as much now. I'm kind of working off highlights from like Scout because they can't. I know that used to be shown on YouTube and now it's not. So I can't find full matches, period. But the... The technical level of it's very competitive. The league is actually very competitive, um, but the technical level of the players and the teams is still like inc- like weirdly high. I say weirdly high because I think people that haven't watched the Russian Premier League would be surprised at how good the players and teams actually are. They're not Premier League level. That's just a pure fact. I think that people always try to like, oh, it's not as good as the Premier League. Oh, it's not as good as the league. Like you get player Malcolm goes and becomes the best player by far. Well, he's also the best player 
almost not by far, but he was one of the best players at Bordeaux. Like, and, and it's, it's just such a, a high quality league from a tactical technical standpoint. That's why I have it there, but I will agree. We don't know. And so I have it. Yeah. I really, I would put it probably three and a half, but it, I, I'm going to keep it there until like, you know, because then you do have players coming out and we're going to see that this season coming out to, so you have, Sanu Tanab was one of the best defenders in the league last season, and now he's at Besiktas. So yeah. now we're going to be able to see, potentially, how well does he do. And then you also have one of the best attackers in the league, Sakarian, that just came out into La Liga. So we're going to see, how does he do? If those two players do very well, that's both sides of the ball, that could be, okay, some of the better players in the league are able to function at these higher levels. I, I, I've always put Turkish Super League in the same tier, but I would also put Turkish Super League solidly in tier three versus the Russian Premier League is just a little bit a little bit below. And I might even argue J1 might be slightly below too. It's because I have tier three might be tier three and a half. Yeah. But that's where those internal gradings I don't like to do, but you do have to be conscious of where do these we're relatively we're rank. So that's kind of why I have it there. But hey, in two years, I might have seen enough to be like, no, they're not, they're no longer nearly as good. And Super League, Turkish Super League might continue increasing. They obviously have older players they seem to be signing in, especially Fenerbahce, but the league does seem to be getting better from where it was four years ago when it was That's at one true. of its worst points, you know? Yeah. These are all dynamic. So exactly. it's not a, like we said at the beginning, it's not a fact and it's not a fact today that it's going to stay yeah. in three It's years, not a yeah. universal truth. But you, you, uh, MLS is going to be tier one in no time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, but also, um, another thing, which I guess in, in the, you mentioned the Turkish Super League. I would argue, no, I'm not saying that's not a tier three league, but I would argue, and I think this is where we sort of get into the subjective stages, um, but I would argue that the Swiss Super League deserves to be at least level with the Turkish Super League. Now, obviously, there's a very tough comparison to make because the Super League basically has like twice as many teams as the Swiss <laughs> Super League. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, you know, at, at this point, it becomes especially difficult to even like these into tiers because, yeah, I, I'd say, I, I'd agree. I'd probably put Swiss Super League also as a tier three personally, but uh, sorry, yeah. yeah, tier three, but uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And then I have them as tier four just, just below. And that's where, you, what are the relative differences between the tiers? Yeah, it's just, it, that's a difficult one too. I'm glad that you pulled out Switzerland because it is. I mean, I, I will admit I watch a bit, but I don't watch nearly as much as I do for Turkey. And I watch two levels of Turkish football. I only watch a little bit of the first division in Switzerland. So I then have a little bit more, more knowledge. And so that might be playing a role into mine. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, and that's where I would say, so one of my other tier four leagues um, is Allsvenskan, which is also very good. I think it it gets shafted a little bit by being um a summer league and so it's just mm. not as known and especially yeah. then when they get into europe they yeah, their seasons are like, all offset yes there's it's yeah. so and that's why so latvian teams had they had they been on the same schedule as most other european teams i think they would have i think riga rfs and Vemira would have done better this mm. this um qualification rounds than yeah all the others, then yeah. if if the, yeah then what they actually did um but yeah and that's why for honestly it is a little bit more difficult for me to rank those summer leagues except for in asia where it's kind of more of a closed loop and you're not looking at you know uefa um but yeah all is another one i would is one of the top ones for me in tier four also included our elite syrian austrian bundesliga the czech league which is i think very skewed top and bottom yeah and that's kind of a lot, a lot of leagues skewed. once we start yeah. getting, talking about more of these leagues here especially yeah, lower down very, yeah yeah there's a couple good teams and then a couple not horrific teams <laughs> yeah uh and then yeah i think it's i guess i mean especially now it's gonna get it, the lower tiers, especially the much bigger and also much hazier so i think one final thing which i'll discuss um is tier five and six so a couple of leagues you have in tier five are uh, Uruguay's Primera División, Chile's Primera División, uh, Scottish Premiership, Croatian uh, HNL, and in tier six you have the Cypriot First Division, the Hungarian uh, top flight, 
and yeah i think those two mainly i would argue are better than some of those leagues um, yeah which which were up there but no, again, yeah i actually so hungry is a is the biggest yeah, hungry one is the, yeah, i, I don't know where to one. put them i'm like where do i put these do i put i just i know they're not tier four just because i watch yeah. You know, when you them. watch Alias Syrian and you watch Liga MX, you watch K League One, and then you watch NB One in in Hungary, you're like, yeah, this is worse. But yeah, it, yeah, it's funny that you pull out Hungary because I wish I was joking. I had so much problem just trying to figure <laughs> out where to put them. Same with Finland. I just wasn't sure. Yeah, Finland is also yeah, but I think yeah. Finland I can still see. Yeah, uh, maybe in again. Cyprus. I think I'm watching more of that now. And so when I learn more, I might put yeah, them in a different to, yeah. tier. I think same with the Super League. Yeah, perhaps, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so that's one thing too. This is so we're talking about my rankings, and Neil obviously has different ones. Um, my tiers are built off of my knowledge levels, and if my knowledge level is not as high in one league as it is in another, that can create yeah disagreements with, with Neil and I. But mm-hmm. yeah, for me, Hungary's tiers tier six. I also just that partly goes with technical ability that you can sometimes see from me and the team's not named, you know, Ferenc Varos. It, <laughs> it can sometimes be yeah, a little bit more iffy than the uh, Uruguay and Chile. And yeah. I know I've watched more Chilean football than Uruguayan football. And, and so then that could play a role. But when you watch Chilean football, it is a little bit more, there's still a lot of pumps downfield. There's also a lot of very quick passages that you're like, that is, that's very impressive yeah. from a, technical individual level and then team team wise that they're very similar in my what i've seen is tactics wise i think they're very i mean they're pretty similar overall it's it's not like there's a, every team is like i mentioned j2 of being like so much weird amount of tactical quality in the yeah. second tier of japan the reason that so j2 is also in tier five with chilean in uruguay that's always to me going to be higher than than hungarian so wherever hungary goes i i'm convinced j2 is gonna have to go one up (laughs) which is partially why i don't put j2 with k league one k league one is in tier four so it's yeah it's very tough that's kind of in my my thought process i guess i would say but yeah i respect it yeah it's very much disagree with yeah those two in particular yeah i mean yeah i think as you say we could we could be discussing all of these all day almost um but i i think for now uh we we've i think dived dove into the topic really really well so yeah thank you very much for, for this for this great conversation thank you very much for listening um and of course we'll be back soon with maybe a more regular episode uh w- w- with less arguments and, and more uh discussion about what's going on but i think that this was a really insightful chat and i hope uh you guys the listeners enjoyed it as much as we did so thank you very much and take care until we meet again bye bye